I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm host Andrew Schleck. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, as always, is Kelly Barra. Kelly, what's up? Hey, Andrew. Everything feels great over here. I don't know why, but I feel great. Uh, OKC is playing great. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, everything is awesome. It's great news. Everything is awesome, just like Deontay Burton and his Lego Man head. Um, now... <laughs> let's go. Let's touch on the thunders. We have several thunder storylines going on. I wanted to touch on their overall numbers before we got started. They're 16th in offensive rating, actually tied for 15th with Minnesota at a 107.9. There's actually three teams tied. We're tied with the glorious Sacramento Kings as well in offensive rating <laughs> right now. Uh, defensive rating they still hold the number one spot by a pretty large margin. At a 101.4, the next closest is the Celtics at a 103.1, which is it's like an impressive number. And I know a lot of people go, like, well, the Thunder aren't playing anybody. Well, I'm telling you, this Thunder team, when they played nobody last year, it was a dogfight every time. And a lot of times they lost that dogfight. So please don't tell me that. Uh, and then the Thunder are fourth in net rating at a 6.5, well ahead of the Clippers that are a 5.3. And they're only behind uh, the Denver Nuggets that are a 7.6, the Raptors 8.2, and then the Bucks 9.6. So this is this is a solid team. I know the, their strength of schedule has been, I mean, it's it's been kind of crazily bad. Like this, they played a ton of bad teams. Like they just beat Atlanta is horrible. Yeah. Um, and they beat Cleveland. And you know what? They took care of business. They did what they were supposed to do, is that they took it to these teams at home. It was There was not really a question of whether or not they were going to win, uh, which is what needs to happen in these games. And so you can only play the teams that are put in front of you, and if the Thunder are having tremendous success because of it, you know, so be it. That's, that's the way it should happen. Yeah, I mean, you cannot have it like both ways. You cannot complain by, okay, see, not like beating uh bad teams and they are they are doing it uh with margin mm-hmm. like um and then you, you cannot say well okay is not legit because they played like bad teams this is what good teams do yeah. they go out uh, against subpar competition um and they blew the doors out of them i mean uh, it's it's just how it, how it should be and in all that um we have to keep in mind that OKC without Russell Westbrook is not a top five team in the West. And they still played like a top five team in the West. Yep. So, yes, the schedule was um, soft, but the team was not like 100 percent and uh, not even 80 yeah. percent of their, um, the full potential. So you have to keep that in mind. And the way OKC played, uh, especially the like without like a few games here and there where you know that like Russ will go crazy, probably some game PG will not shoot enough uh, or Dennis will be um, out of sync in terms of, uh, of shooting. But those games will happen. The point is we, we have seen consistency, uh, especially on the defensive end. And, mm-hmm. and like uh, the third guy, the fourth guy in the, um, in the ranking is providing almost every night. So this is, this is very good, uh, and and this team is fun. I mean, they it's are. like Deontay Burton is is fun to watch. I mean, <laughs> and PG when he got it going, like he's awesome. Um, Dennis Schroeder's um, floater game is great to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. there are so many things that I like about this team. Remember how agonizing last season was to watch? Like it felt like a. I mean, this is like the NBA stuff has never been like my like real job, but it's it felt like a job last year. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like, yeah, I just have to like drag myself to the TV again to watch them, you know, either lose a close game or, 
whatever against Brooklyn or Dallas or whoever. I mean, it was just, it was a miserable season. Yeah, because even in, even when OKC loses, I mean, the, the Detroit, the Denver game was pretty bad. I mean, yeah. uh, it was not as entertaining, uh, but it was a second night of a back-to-back. Again, the roster was not, it's not still um, 100% healthy. And so you will have games like that during the season. But the majority of the games, you find reason to be excited, reason to that makes you watch games against Atlanta or um, against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's different. I remember us having like the bad Mondays. <laughs> like, For real. In the case of Mondays, uh, every day. It just felt like, oh my goodness, we're really doing this again, guys? <laughs> They had like a like a uh, yeah. month there where they played well with Robertson, then he went out. Uh, speaking of Andre, more bad news for Dre. I feel so, so bad for him. So like in the middle of a workout, he ends up having what's called an avulsion fracture, which is where a small portion of the bone attached to the tendon or ligament gets pulled away from the main part of the bone. And so this is, a, is another oh. big setback for Dre, uh, which is super terrible for him. Because I know he's been working super hard to to come back, and his spirits have been really good in the last few weeks. Uh, and I can imagine that this is pretty disheartening. Um, but so we're looking at six weeks before they've before that's supposed to be healed, and so and then from there you're looking at more time to become acclimated to the team again and to get in shape. I mean, we're. I mean, we're really dealing with probably six to 12 weeks if we're being realistic. Um, so like mid January is a six week portion. And then I would, I mean, I'd give him another six weeks, if not more, um, to come mm-hmm. back after that. So then we're talking early March, I would guess before we see yeah. him back on the court, if we see him back on the court this season, I mean, I, to be honest, I would move forward with the assumption that we may not see him this year. And we don't have, that's not any information. That's just kind of a hunch that I have. I mean, with how this injury has gone, it, the Thunder may be better off this season developing guys like Diallo, Ferguson, and Burton, seeing what you have in them. And then next season, when hopefully we have a more leveled out NBA with Kevin Durant out of Golden State, then you can bring back Andre at 100%. I mean, I think that that m- might be better for this team overall. And you know exactly what you have in these other guys. Uh, I feel terrible for Dre. If he can go, I mean, if he's 100% in March or April, I mean, there's no reason to hold him back. Um, but I, you have to start to question whether he can actually get there uh, by that time. I'd like to thank Andy's Frozen Custard for sponsoring today's show. You've got to go to Andy's. It is so delicious. You might be thinking, oh man, it's so cold. I don't know if I want frozen custard. Yes, you do. Right now you can get the candy cane concrete. It's delicious. It's got like real candy canes put in their vanilla frozen custard all mixed up. It is a delight. You can still get their pumpkin pie and apple pie concretes. I've talked about those a lot, and they're still so delicious. They have locations in OKC. I hit up one in Tulsa recently. They have one in Missouri, Arkansas, all through the south. I know there's one in Phoenix. I know there's some in Florida. You've got to go to support the people that support Down to Dunk. And I've got my son here. What is your favorite thing about Andy's frozen custard? Getting frozen custard. Oh, yeah? Well, what's your favorite kind? Vanilla sprinkles. That sounds delicious. What what makes Andy's so good? Because it's smooth and delicious. <laughs> it is smooth and delicious. you got to support the people that support Down to Dunk and go eat at Andy's frozen custard. Yeah, I mean, when I heard about the first setback, um, I had the feeling that this could have been like a season-long thing, mainly because you see how Jeremy is playing right now. And he looks like a shell of himself. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's not great. And it this doesn't mean that, that um Andre will come back in the same shape that uh, Jeremy is right now. But you cannot assume otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so KC will uh continue under the uh, impression that he will not be back for the entire season. And if he 
if he actually is able to be 100 percent and um, by by march or by the end of february you can consider him as a guy that you traded for um in the buyout market or around the uh, ulster game and like you have time to, to put him back in the rotation but i think it's healthy for okc to to move forward uh thinking that this is the roster and operate uh, accordingly uh, from a front office point of view and from a coaching staff point of view yeah and obviously you'd want dre i mean he's one of the best players on this team you know fourth or fifth best player on this team when healthy uh but this this seems like an injury that's going to take a calendar year plus and obviously it is that's where the timetable is um but you just want him to get back and be fully healthy we've seen like gordon hayward he had a great game last night probably his first good game of the season but it's taken him a long time to get back to playing shape to you know have that feel again for the game and and for a guy like gordon hayward at a really high level i mean it's it's a different thing with dre but still i mean i just i would just be overly cautious with him and i know the thunder are being they've been overly cautious with him um but i would i'd let him heal and i you know i i think that the, the development of these young wings uh, should be priority at this point. You know, Diallo's back and he can play. He didn't play the other night just because they, they didn't need to play him. But mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, more of who he is this season, I think is super important. The same thing with Ferguson. You know, Ferg, when he comes back, will still be the starting shooting guard for this team. And figuring out, you know what he looks like with a larger sample size i think is super important and with deontay too like do are they going to sign him to a contract i think they will but figuring out who he is as an nba player is he a four is he a wing you know who is he um i think figuring that out is is key for the season as well and then also a breedness like the thing is that it's it's not like last season where you were just like, man, we have really nobody to play these minutes. You know, Alex Sabrinas isn't healthy. He hasn't been healthy all season. Uh, Josh Eustis, we don't trust him as a coaching staff, and so we're not going to play him. Uh, and he shoot the ball horribly. He could not shoot the basketball. Uh, we need to go get Corey Brewer. You know, this is not a we're scrambling to find anybody, and we need to call Corey again because we're you know falling apart. This oh, is please like, no. <laughs> no, 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 Brewer again. Like oh. I know that someone liked him, but to me it was uh, like I, I didn't like um, I didn't like Brewer back then. I know that he helped because we had nobody. He did help. <laughs> yeah, it's because the bar was so low. I mean, yeah. like this—that's why he helped. Is because there was, I mean, it was a, a sad scene when it came to the Thunder wing spot or shooting guard spot. Uh, and this season, that's just not the case. They have two guys. I mean, Ferguson last season. Uh, wasn't quite ready as a defender this season. He's ready. Like he, he's played fantastic defense. And is he going to shoot the ball well every night? No. Uh, but at least he can be like a close to approximation of what uh, Robertson is. You know, as a guy that just defends, isn't going to shoot the ball a lot, isn't going to demand the ball. Uh, but he does have a three point shot, and so maybe he could develop that along the way. Uh, there's just a lot of things, and even Abrinas. I mean, what are they going to do with him this summer? He'll be a restricted free agent. Do they want to bring him back? And, you know, what we saw the other night, shooting 7 for 11 from 3, and that shows you the kind of guy that he can be and a guy yeah. that can defend. And so he he's going to play a big role. And, like, the, the hope is you already have the number one defense in the NBA by a large margin, and, you know, it wouldn't – I mean, bringing back Dre, you would have been even better eventually – um, but having these other guys, you do have the upside of being a better offensive team. You have the upside yeah. of being a better offensive team with Abrinas playing more minutes, certainly, and him making shots, uh, with Diallo, who just makes things happen on both ends, and then Ferguson. If he can develop that corner three this season, I mean, that's a that'd be a huge development for this team. And, you know, Dre heading into the last year of his contract, uh, you have to start to figure out, like, is he a part of the future of this team? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I think that they would like him to be. But I think that with with the way these injuries have gone, I think that you have to start to question a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to really see how uh, how bad, uh, like how um, t- 
taxing the injury is in his uh, athleticism. Because you mentioned Gordon Hayward. Um, he doesn't rely on his athleticism as much as, as Andrew does. Because Andrew is like all athleticism. Mm-hmm. Like Gordon Hayward, if he's like 80% athletically of what he is, he's probably not uh, an all-star again. Uh, but he's a very, very useful player because he yeah. know how he knows how to pass, to shoot. Um, Andre, eighty percent of Andre athletically. I don't know if he's um, a starter anymore. Maybe he will be a rotation guy anyway because he's he's so savvy in terms of defense that he will be a plus defender anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it's not like all um, defense type of guy, then his value is quite different. And going back to to your point, Andrew, uh, about Deontay Burden, uh, I think that the beauty of him as a player is that you don't have to see, you don't have to decide whether he's a shooting guard or a small forward or a power forward. Yeah, that's true. I think he's really uh, a positionless guy. Mm-hmm. He can switch on defense. Uh, he's not like great uh, at that yet, but he, you see, he's athletic. He wants to play defense, which um, which is a, a very important thing. If he if he is willing to, to to put in the work and to show up on the defensive end every night, like not taking uh, possession half on that end, yeah. that is extremely important for a guy like Burton, which has the opportunity this season to be in the rotation. And I think. What, Either they go on the market and they sign a guy uh, because some something comes up, and I don't have to like. Burton is great, but if you get if you can get a real player to, for your 15 spot, I think you should do it. Yeah. But if you don't, uh, then before going to sign a guy like Brewer, I would I would give him minutes. I would give him a contract. And if tax implications are a problem, like if you sign him for more than a prorated um, minimum, just cut loose with TLC. <laughs> like right. you can you can attach a second run, a light second runner and send him wherever. Mm-hmm. There are teams that, that will probably use TLC as a rotation player. Um, and so I, I don't think that taxes or anything are um, something that could worry OKC in terms of giving Burton um, two or three year contract. Yeah. Send TLC to Atlanta and just say, hey, yeah. see, see what he's got for you guys. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a whole lot for us. You, you I mean, can send him to the Rockets. I mean, I, I know that you don't want to, to, to make them a favor, but mm-hmm. he will probably play minutes there. And you can no, get no a second under for him. Yeah, there's no question he played minutes for the Rockets. The Rockets are playing guys I've never heard of. Yeah. And I've at least had heard of TLC before the Thunder traded for him. But, the, I mean, the Rockets are playing guys that, like, Gary Clark. I had to figure out who Gary Clark was. I had no idea who that was. And then they, mm-hmm. I don't, the most recent guy that they're playing, I don't even know what his name is. Can't even remember. <laughs> He's played, like, the most minutes off their bench for them lately. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. It's a bizarre situation for that team. It really is. Uh, Daniel Have you House. seen any? Daniel, yeah, Daniel House. Daniel House. Dan- Daniel. <laughs> How? <laughs> it's already hard for me to pronounce English names. What, what the hell is going on with this guy? Daniel. <laughs> oh, by, by the way, like completely unrelated thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I was watching the end of uh, Milwaukee against New York last yeah. night. Yeah. It was a great end of a game. Like, it was fun to watch. I mean, Milwaukee is fun, but I think that New York has something there with all these young guys. Moudier looks like a player, which is something I I would anticipate me saying right. uh, in 2018. Oh, it was kind of fun. And it was kind of sad that... Uh, Ennis was the last guy on the bench and played at the end just because every other guy had six foul and he actually blocked Antetokounmpo. (laughs) I I haven't seen any of this. I did not know that. (laughs) Oh, it was great. He probably fouled him, but he actually touched the ball and prevent um, like a last second bucket for uh, Antetokounmpo. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. they've they've got an interesting cast. Like Noah Vonley is kind of a cast off guy. He's played well for them this season. Uh, yeah, Hazonia. Hazonia had two points last night. Do you know what the, I saw this on uh, Twitter? I hadn't, I didn't watch the game, but uh, did you see the two points that he had? 
No, I didn't. He dunked over. Um, he dunked over Giannis, and Giannis fell to the ground, and then he did the step over him. <laughs> he stepped right over Giannis. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I read the, the quotes of Giannis this, mor- of, uh, Giannis this morning. He was saying, "I will punch him in the nuts the next time I'll see him," <laughs> <laughs> which is something to be scared of. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, and those are the only two points that his only score. All last night. Yep. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier last night, 28 points, seven assists, three rebounds, only he three turnovers. Trees. He was taking trees off the dribble like he was four out, of, four out of five from three. Maybe we should, adults, maybe we shouldn't yeah. judge these guys so harshly in the first couple of years. Not that like Moutier is going to go forward and be an all-star, but like he might be a guy that can play. Yeah, I, I, I do think that generally we tend to be too harsh on guys that cannot make it right away mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, it's um and sometimes we we forget that this is a job like you can be bad at your job for two years and then be good and then maybe be great yeah uh it may take time to i mean i remember him being like after um after i graduated from college uh i i worked for a firm and i, I wasn't particularly interested or great for them but now like i'm totally different i'm a totally different person and i don't know how i would do with that job right now so who knows maybe Moody had needed just time and a few bad situations to realize that he had to do certain stuff or mm-hmm. he needed a coach like fitz who's probably yeah. good at developing players I'm in my early 30s and a lot of my friends have started to lose their hair. In fact, 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And the thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, maybe a little receding hairline, a little bald spot, it's too late. But now with 4hims.com, you can have a solution for hair loss. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to Hims, baldness can be optional. Hims will connect you with real doctors, medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep the hair that you have. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. I just really hope you guys aren't using those. It just sounds terrifying. They have prescription solutions that are backed by science. There's no more waiting room, awkward personal visits to the doctor. This will save you hours if you go to 4 It's easy. Answer a few quick questions, a doctor will review, and can prescribe something to you. The products are shipped directly to your door. Now, my listeners can get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today. Right now, while supplies last, see the full website for details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or the pharmacy. So go to 4 slash OKC Dunk. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash okc dunk for hymns.com slash okc dunk support the people that support down to dunk and check out for hymns.com so the thunder sit at third place in the western conference they're 14 and 7 they're behind the denver nuggets at 15 and 7 and the clippers at 15 and 6 uh the warriors at fourth place at 15 and nine they've lost nine games already steph curry came back Mm. last night they lost to detroit uh in detroit uh kind of crazy uh and then the it's the finish out the western conference memphis at fifth uh the lakers at six at 13 and nine blazers also at 13 and nine at seventh and then the rockets have made an appearance in the top eight at 11 and 11 yeah, and, uh, tied with Sacramento and Dallas. Tied with the five. Kings and the, and the yeah. Mavs at 500, which is bizarre. Yeah. You still have the Jazz um, behind the tim- – they're tied with the Timberwolves at 11 and 12 currently. Yeah. So, uh, What do you think of the Corver deal? I haven't talked to you about that. Um, I think it's fine uh, for Utah and probably um, – like Cleveland doesn't have any goal for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like Burks, but I think that they, they got like two seconds yeah. um, in the deal. That's fine. I mean, you don't get a first for Corver. So no, no one they, of they, them's they, a wizard second too, which could be valuable. 
if they yeah it could be like a 40 45 which is the range where okc took diallo last season last draft so you can get players um if you draft well so i i think it's a fine deal for both sides they need shooting i mean utah probably could, would use um another shooters even if they are not so great in creating um wide open looks all the time especially this season for weird um reason that I didn't grasp yeah. uh, yet um, but they are not great in creating open looks right now probably they are defending them differently mm-hmm. and um, but it is I mean at least Corver can move around screens and Utah does like they have screeners that can help me um, finding um, open spots and, and stuff like that so yeah I mean I like the deal for both sides which is a fine, it is a fine deal, not an A deal for anyone. I mean, it's something yeah. that you do, you do and say, well, okay, it's probably beneficial for both. Yeah. It's not a massive shakeup for the league or for the Western conference or anything. Like it's a, it's a necessary deal for the jazz because they are grasping at straws at this point to try to figure out their offense. Um, but yeah. And then like for thunder fans that are like, well, why did the thunder do that deal? Well, like, who are they like you expect who are you expecting them to trade like maybe maybe two pat and tlc and i don't know if the thunder have second rounders to give like i don't i mean the fact is like the thunder are doing well the reason the jazz made the trade is because they were they were terrible it was like a almost yeah. like a quote-unquote panic trade for them yeah and so i mean they needed to do something the thunder didn't really i know people are so down on patterson and like they're like oh he finally made a shot the other night i mean like this is patrick patterson like if you haven't just go back and look at his career like he has he gets hot he gets cold like that's just who he is he's a five million dollar player everybody is i don't know why everybody's on his back so much like he's 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 going to shoot the ball well. He's going to hover between 36 and 38% from three on the season. I would almost promise you. Uh, and then the same with Abrinas. Like, Abrinas was really, really sick. It took him a while to come back. I feel like he finally feels good again. And so, and he hits shots. He's not going to shoot 7-11 from three every night. But, I mean, if he, he'll hit close to 40% of his threes um, on a you know, on, yeah, and over the course of the season, I mean, he just will. You should be, you should be extremely happy by the fact that um, against Atlanta, they generate twenty-seven shots for PG Patterson and Abrines combined. Yeah, and I think that twenty-five of them were like wide open. Right. <laughs> so this is Atlanta. It's Atlanta. <laughs> not it's... not defending uh, the way a modern team is supposed to. They were packing the paint, mm-hmm. which I assume against a team like OKC that is shooting 29, 30% from three, you should try to do that. Yeah. But man, dude, like one thing is to try to guard the paint more than the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And another is I will just not close out on anybody because they, <laughs> like, because this is the way I play defense. This is... This is terrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 27, if you can get like 25, 20 to 25 shots to those three guys mm-hmm. every single night, I promise you, they will not shoot 20% every night. They will no. most likely end up shooting 35, 36, 37% as an average right. with less variance. Because if you if you increase the amount of shots and you give those shots to your best players, the variance will be minimized and the average will would be the one that those three players have on, on wide open shots, which is more than 35%. Yep. And yeah, I, I think that you should like games like that where you should poorly and you still win by 17, um, uh, mentioning the, the Cleveland game, shows you how consistent this team is in playing the good way. Mm-hmm. Because they keep finding looks for Abrines, even if he was like one for six or one for seven, because they will give him the next one because he's capable of making um, the most of those shots. Well, not the most, but a good percentage of those. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I feel very excited about the fact that they are putting so much effort on consistency and doing the right thing on offense. Yeah, it's it's a huge development for this team. They, they're going to generate open shots and they need Patterson or Brains to hit. 
and hopefully this starts like a, a better trend for these guys. I mean, it just has to be like, period. It has to be, there has to be a better trend for these, these two players as they just like continue to break every shot for like a week and a half. Um, they're going to be better. Like their history tells us these two are going to continue to be better at shooting the basketball. Um, and that they you know the team is at the bottom of the barrel and in, in the Western Con- or not in the Western conference in the entire NBA and shooting the three ball, but it's going to get better. Like you go look at all the all the numbers, it's going to get better at some point. Are they going to be a great three point shooting team? Absolutely not. But are they going to be better? Yes, because I mean, if you go through all these numbers, I mean, like tell me if they're going to finish. In your opinion, are they going to finish better or worse from three than they are right now? Russell Westbrook, twenty one point seven percent better or worse? Oh, slightly better, probably. <laughs> Only slightly. Oh come on, like, he'll shoot thirty percent. Uh, I would not bet my life on that. <laughs> 30, on. 30. If you said 25, 27, I would say yes. For Russell? Most likely. From three? Yeah. Yes. Oh I would goodness. not bet anything on Russ above like 27%. But better than 21. Better than 21, yes. Okay. And to and, and like this, seem, this seems uh, extremely counterintuitive, but I would much, even if I know today, that he will shoot like 28, 29% from three for the season, I will still like his three-point shots more than the mid-range. So yeah. I'm fine with him shooting like five to six three-pointers a game uh, if those are taking away mid-range shots, especially those pull-ups with like zero seconds on the clock. Well, mm-hmm. not zero, uh, 20, 22, or 21 seconds on the clock. Yeah, And he's taken those out of his game largely. Like for the most yeah. part, those yeah. are gone. Which is awesome, and you 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 need. I, I I know that it would be awesome for us to to take twenty of, of his twenty shots at the rim. This is not going to happen. He he needs to shoot the ball, and I would much rather have him shoot threes um, because people will close out mostly on him. Because if you don't, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, uh, higher than twenty one. Uh, Terrence Ferguson twenty five point six percent better or worse higher okay. higher. Hamadou Diallo, 26.7%. Lower. Patterson, 31.3%. Higher. Abrinas, 34.1%. Higher, much higher. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, 34.8%. Lower. Paul George, 35.5%. Higher. Jeremy Grant, 35.9%. Lower. Deontay Burton, 36.4%. Yeah, about the same. I don't know. Deontay, I have no clue. He, it's been on 11 no shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he, I don't think he will take horrible shots. He hasn't, he hasn't really like the only shots that I'm like, okay, is when he like gets all the way to the rim and just doesn't have anything left and just throws it up. You know, like those yeah. are like the only like bad shots that he takes really. But I don't envision him shooting like horrible three point shots. I mean, he's, no. I think he's capable of, of making like 30, and 35% of his shots. Yeah. I don't trust Grant and, and the most sure. guys that I don't trust are Dennis and, uh, and Jeremy. I mean, if they, they are the, um, the difference in this team being a good three point shooting team, well, and not a, an abysmal three point shooting team and an abysmal one, because yeah. if they keep up like shooting 32, 33, 34% from three, this is going to be a good team. Uh, yeah. we, we said, like last week, but I, uh, I'm confident of that. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's taken the fifth most three point shots on the team. Yeah, and he should. I mean, he's open. He's in again. He's he doesn't take bad three point shots. Yeah. So um, he's been he's he's been hitting. He's hit a three game, which is pretty impressive. But like the the point in that little exercise is just to show that like this team is still not shooting the ball well and not shooting up to their capabilities. Like for almost everybody. There's a couple. Yeah. There's only two players that are shooting above their heads. That's Dennis and Jeremy. Everybody else, you're like, yeah, they should be better. Paul George should be better. Brinus, Patterson, Diallo, Ferguson, they should all be better. And those are all key rotation players. They should all shoot the ball better. Um, and so I don't think they're going to be like a great three-point shooting team. But if they can be 33% as a team, uh, that's a massive difference in the 31 that they're at right now. So I, I think that they can get there. Um, that's all. That's all I had to say. I just think that it's it's important to put 
put this in perspective a little bit because a lot of people just want to just say like this team sucks at shooting. They're just going to, um, but their offense can improve. And I think it will. I think as hopefully as guys get healthy and can stay healthy, they'll have more cohesion uh, as an offensive unit. And I think that they'll, they'll get better. Um, They may not be better. They're not going to be like a top five offense, but if they're like 11th or 12th or something like that, I think that that makes sense for the range that they can fall in and maybe even knocking on the door of the top 10. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's, uh, let's go on to talk about uh, the NBA draft of last season. So we're going to do a quick, way too early NBA redraft of the lottery. Let's let's go through it. Let's number one pick. If you were to redraft the number one pick for the Phoenix Suns, I already know what you're going to say. I don't even I don't even have to listen to you say the words Luka Doncic. Oh yeah, I mean I, I have him. Oh yeah, I have him, and it's not even it's not even close. I mean Luka is awesome. I we we were like like we are so high on Luka and. And I think people now are realizing why. And and yet, it is early to say that Luca will be an awesome player for this league. He is being an awesome rookie. Uh, but to me, the key will be next summer. I said it many times. Um, for rookies, the way, especially for like talented rookies as he is, the change that you make from the, um, the first season to the second one in terms of shape, in terms of... Um, how the game slows down for you, it's crucial. And so if Luca shows himself uh, next September with a transformed body um, and the same skills, yeah. he'll be he'll be like a player that this league will remember. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and like he's already um, stealing moves from his teammates. I remember <laughs> KD learning the uh, fade away Dirk Nowitzki Dirk, in yeah. his in his sixth or seventh year. Mm-hmm. Like, Luca, Luca is doing it right now. <laughs> like, after <laughs> three months. Like, uh, he is he's special. He's just, he's just a natural. Like, everything yeah. comes easy for him. Yeah. That's so true. Great. Yeah, no question. Uh, number two, who'd you take two? Uh, I struggle with this. And, but I, I need to go with, with a gut feeling that I have, which okay. is... Aiden has the best physical profile as a big man. Yeah, he does. But I am not confident he is going to use his body as he's supposed to. And I had this this weird feeling during the draft, and I still have it now, and it's probably more pronounced. Um, I, I think he's, he's going to be good. He's going to be great, probably. Mm-hmm. But Jaron Jackson has the opportunity to be a modern big man who play like 38 minutes will be a great defender like a a deep boy candidate oh no question like basically years yeah. like good have you seen like how Brook Lopez is incredibly helpful to Milwaukee's offense mm-hmm. besides yesterday it's like crucial free throws but who cares um, like having a guy that can play defense switchy defense and rim protection defense and eating threes this is extremely valuable. I will take him as a second, especially if I am Sacramento. Um, oh, yeah, same. Like they they want to reset their culture. Like he's he's a guy that can do that for you because he's going to defend at a crazy level. He's hitting threes. He really, I kind of question what his scoring would be like. Um, but I hold on, buddy. Hold on just a second. Um. I question what his offense would be like. I, I didn't have any idea what what he would be like as an offensive player in his rookie season. I thought that he played a really small role for the Grizzlies, where he's you know maybe taking some spot up shots. Like he'd be kind of like Serge Ibaka for them. Uh, but he's way yeah. he's way more than that. Uh, he's he's yes. a lot better than that. And his his feel for the game is outrageous uh, for a guy his age. So yeah, I think that he's he's the clear number two guy uh, at this point. Because I just I don't trust anybody else, any other big guy. I don't really trust them quite as much on defense. And you know, he's the ceiling that he has as an offensive player is way higher than I thought. Because I mean, if you're shooting threes as a as a rookie um, and have feel for the game like he does, I mean, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a multi time All Star, Defensive Player of the Year type of guy. Yeah, 
he's shooting like 2.4 threes and ends up shooting more than 50% from the field. Yeah, it's 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 completely outrageous <laughs> how good yeah. he's been. And I think he'll fall off some, but I mean, like, he's still, like, he's amazing. Uh, and he's super, super duper young. Yeah, he's you he's know, not, he's, he's, he's 19 for sure, but. It's September, September 1999. Yeah, <laughs> it's, he's, he's crazy. Anyway, uh, we really have number, number three. Do you have Aiden? I, I put Aiden three. Yeah. yeah me he's too. still a monster. Yeah, he's going to put up crazy numbers this season. He'll get considered for rookie of the year just because he puts up crazy numbers. I think it's it's got to go to Luca. But, I mean, I just think that he's a guy that you can run an offense through eventually. Uh, the defensive end is still a massive question mark, but again like he's super young as well and like give him a chance to develop before you just declare him a bad defensive player for the rest of his life i I think that he's got the the physical tools to be there Uh, i worried about him a lot at arizona watching him play defense like oh i remember watching him for the first time and it was just watching tons of clips that you sent me and i'm like oh like i get why he's the number one pick but i also felt like that's the number one pick like that's the guy because he just can't he just couldn't even defend in college and so it was it was a problem and it's still a big problem for him i have like trey young number four but i like if i have to take um teams into account i would probably i i think memphis would go um marvin bagley here okay if if i have to take into account like uh team's will then i think uh number four is marvin bagley yeah because he's not bad by any means no, he's, he's an energetic guy he's quick on his feet and he's probably ends up shooting he's not a defender he will not be a defender like jaron jackson but i think he have material there yeah. raw material and yeah, so I don't think the Kings, um, the Kings screwed up just because it's Luca, but, but in any other draft, it's fine. It's fine to have Bagley. Yeah. I put Wendell Carter here. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm a, I'm, yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan of him. He's, he's just an all around guy. He's going to end up going to Memphis. Like who better to learn from than Marcus Hall for Wendell Carter, you know? Um, yeah. He can he can do it all. Like Wendell Carter can do it all. Um, he may not be at like a high le- a super high level like even even like DeAndre Aiden. I think he'll be a super high level offensive big. I think that Wendell Carter could maybe approach that, but I just I don't know. He's he's a guy that you would want to have on your team though. He's solid. Um, I understand at just about everything. So, uh, and I guess you have Trey Young at six and Bagley at uh, sorry Trey Young at five and Bagley at six. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we just basically switched the two big men. Mm-hmm. I had Bagley over Carter, and I have Carter going uh, to Orlando um, with the number six. I yeah, I agree on Carter. I just, I just, I just think that uh, athletically, Bagley has uh, like quite a like a good advantage on him. Yeah, and right he's not he's not bad on ter- in terms of feel for the game. I yep. mean, I, I watched him like place twice or uh, play twice or, or three times. And I had I had the feeling that he was getting better every time. And yep. so um, this is help. This is I don't I don't mind um, having Carter there. But I, I went with Bagley. Who who do you have um, at seven for Chicago? This is where I put Shea. Gilgis Alexander. SGA. Oh, OK. No, I have him eight. I have seven Kevin Knox. Um, okay. Probably because of a fit. Um, I, I agree that uh, SGA showed more uh, than Knox this season. He's like in the end, he's leading a good team, which is not not easy to do as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like maybe maybe like he's versatile as a guard, so you can put him with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Knox has potential to be a really good scorer uh, in this league, and he's athletic as hell. And I don't know, wings of that size with that talent are not easy to find. No, yeah, and it's it's a position of need type of thing. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like SGA a lot. A lot of people are like way over hyping him. I feel like, like yes. he's a good player. But I mean, if like people are talking about him like a multi-time all-star type of stuff, I'm like, okay, like, I just, I just let's, don't, let's push the break. I just that. don't see, I got I like him a lot. 
I just don't, I just haven't seen that from him. And I don't watch every game that he plays or anything like that either, but I've, I just I didn't see that from him in college, and I don't cer- haven't certainly seen it in the few games that I watched him play this season. Uh, everybody's like, I feel like he's he's people are falling all over themselves to 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 show how much they they love him and how much how good he is and how smart they are to, to tell you about how good he is. <laughs> and people are saying that he should go second in this draft or third. Oh no! I'm just oh like, no! Okay, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's no no. It's no. absurd. I just think it's crazy. And I feel like I, I'm glad that you're on the same page with me because if you like showed up and said that SGA would go third, I'm just be like, I, I don't get it. Like, I just, I don't get it. I don't get why people are saying that. I just, I just can't get no, there. I, I mean, I see why you can think of him being an all-star uh, in his career. Yeah. I, 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 do, I do see that. Multiple times, it's, it's really hard. I mean, yeah. Mike Conley never made it <laughs> like they made yeah. it last last year for the first time It's extremely hard to to be a point guard and being an all-star in this league mm-hmm. and so uh, maybe he will be that level of player he has the making mainly because of the size and his decision making is very good yeah but in terms of like if you want to be an all-star from the point guard position you need to be a great scorer and a yeah. great passer and Shay is not that no um he's not that yet hmm. he, he has a masterful way to play pick and roll in terms of timing and it's rare for a rookie but from there to say well he will go second i i don't see that <laughs> i see i see jaron jackson being an, a depoy because i see what he does already right. and if he does it better and consistently he's a depoy if Shay does what he what he do um uh, what he does consistently, then I may see him being like a top 15 point guard in the league, which doesn't right. make the cut. Right, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm about to run out of time, so let's fire through the rest of these. Yes. Um, so eight and nine, I, that's where I have the Bridges, the Brothers Bridges. They're not really brothers, but they both oh. have the same last name. Uh, I have Miles and, and Mikel Bridges at those spots. I have Miles like, ahead of Mikel. I, Miles Bridges' athleticism is outrageous. And I really like him. Also a position of need type of thing for both those guys is that Mm -hmm. finding wings in this league that you feel could start or be that caliber of player is really, really difficult to do. And so that's where I have both those guys. Um, I I have miles at nine, uh, same as you, but I have Bamba at 10. Yeah. I have Um, Bamba right, but I have Bamba right behind both those guys. Oh, I have my old take at 11. My whole take is I would take Porter at 11. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know what to do I, with him. I, I think you have to give to like the night of the draft was a frenzy. Like he yeah. slide too much. He's still like, I know that you risk to lose him, but knowing what I know, um, the only guy that I may take over him is Sexton. And I don't like him, um, as much as a player, but I see that Sexton can be a reliable guy that can, that has sparks. And mm-hmm. so, but the others, I would much rather risk to have nothing with Porter than have an Ariza guy in Mikal Bridges. I know yeah. that it's, I know, I know that it's uh, a shaky way of, of, our, of arguing about these things. But um, since this is one of the picks that the Clippers trade for, I think that they would love to have uh, Porter and Sexton there. Yeah, I agree. As their two picks. Um, okay, so I have eight, nine are the Br- Brothers Bridges. Ten is Bamba. Eleven, that's where I have Kevin Knox. Twelve, I have Colin Sexton. Yeah, me too. Then I have Porter at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Who, who's your last player in the lottery? Oh, I don't know. The name is still uh, is still blank. I think you go Kevin Herter here. Yeah. I, I like the skills and mm-hmm. I think that um, due, due to the fact that we haven't seen the other guys, the injury like um, um, Zara Smith uh, or Zara Smith. Yeah. Did you consider the, DiVincenzo? He's been pretty good for Milwaukee. Yeah, but he's shooting like horribly from three. Uh, yeah. He's in the bubble. I think the three year has a case for a late, like a late lottery, maybe uh, early twenties uh, type of guy. Yeah. 
Okoji as the same, in the same spot, Lindry Shamet. Uh, I think yeah, Diallo so would be taken in the first round for sure. Where um, would you put Diallo if you were to redraft? Where, where should he have gone? I think between 18 and 22. Yeah, agreed. And probably, like, Herder has crazy talent as a shooter. And, uh, and so I, would, I think that Denver would take him. Um, yeah. knowing what he, if they if they've seen them playing, I I I think him or, or Shemet, but because it's Denver and because of the fit, you know who Shemet I like is, for Denver is a Koji. Yes, they need a I wing like him so bad. They need wing but, help but, so badly. But Shemet is taller and he's a better shooter. I know that he's yeah. less of a defender, but he's. He fits the way of the of the way they they play, like mm-hmm. an extra shooter with size and with ball ending skills. Yeah, I also really like Diallo for them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, honestly, I mean, like he, a crazy athlete with defensive potential, <clears throat> who just makes things happen on the defensive end, which they don't have yeah. many of those guys. I don't know that yeah. I'd take him this high, but I mean, I think that you'd have to you you at least have to think about it for a couple seconds. Like, yeah, oh yeah, so. Yeah, and so quickly, uh, one one thought, and I know that you have to go. We just put out one guy of the of the lottery, basically. Yeah. Uh, the others are still there, which which means that a it's too early. B teams uh, didn't screw up. Yeah, it's they did a good job. Teams seem yeah. seemingly at least at this point, we're a quarter way through the season. Looked like they did a really good job with the draft. The Jerome Robinson one, he was a late riser. He was a guy that was like mm-hmm. going in the twenties, you know, the week before the draft, and everybody just talked themselves into him. It still, it seems like a weird pick. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe it works out. I have no idea. Um, but as of today, it looks like a, a strange selection for the Clippers there at thirteen. But, McKelly, uh, thanks for coming on the show. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow your project. <clears throat> Excuse me, a chart underscore side. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Just takes just a few seconds of your time today to leave us a five star iTunes review. If you have an iPhone, it will take you just a couple minutes. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.